This is a radio broadcast from the Good Boys Gone Bland. Seek shelter now. Hello and welcome to Good Boys Gone Bland, Season 7, Episode 8, The End of Evangelion. I'm Denali. I'm Ryan. I am a giant robot, Jace. Uh, I... <laughs> Sorry, it's me. Um, oh, uh, okay, great. The giant robot, Jace, we've switched him on. Uh, great. So, Jace, can you just run back what your mission is again for me, please? Would you like Jace to answer as he is piloting Mecha Jace? <laughs> or would you like Mecha Jace's... Yeah, uh, that's great, Mecha Jace. I'm going to actually okay. ask the pilot, Jace... This is, I think we're going to get some confusion. So when I say Jace, I, I mean I mean the pilot who's who's driving it. So Jace, can you hear me in there? Uh, yep. Sir, our robot is at 90% power. Uh, we're going to have Sir, our robot is at 92% power. It's powering up? Okay, Sir, this, this, our robot yeah. is at 95% power. Okay, Jenkins, I, that's great. Thanks thanks for the updates. I can see the loading screen. Uh, um, oh. <laughs> I just wanted to get confirmation of the mission before the mecha powers up. Yeah, what are we at now? We're at 99% power, sir. We can almost start the mission reviewing this movie. It's It says loading. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> the wheel's spinning. We're reviewing this movie. The three of us are, are all uh, mech suit warriors, and we're getting ready to review this movie. And that was that was the metaphor we crafted for you guys, our fans. Hmm. And and this is, I think, this is a unique episode in our, in our season, but I think in our podcast as well, I would say. We are reviewing the thrilling conclusion... Of a <laughs> beloved anime, <laughs> and you know this is this is an episode for all the gamers and anime fans. You know now we can go completely mask off and get into some real fucking nerdy shit. You know because the audience here, like this is the real shit. Like I'm talking like deep Master Chief lore and anime tips we can go over in this episode. We don't have to hold back and pretend we're the normal cool guys we are um, in those previous episodes. Tenali, I think you're. Like, actually, legitimately the lore master of the... I, I mean, like... Yeah. Ryan he's, has he's got He's the some... lore master, but, like, of... The, I, I'm curious, the three of us, where our, like, anime kind of comfort oh, level Oh, you want is? our resumes, huh? Mm. You, want our, you want our anime resumes? Right. Okay, Ryan, start at the beginning of your career. <laughs> well, okay, so in uh, 2012, um, I saw three episodes of Death Note. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. And then in 2012. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's, I don't have a lot. I, I have some. I've seen mm. a few different series. Oh, that was series. it. Okay, yeah. yeah. No, I've seen a few different series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I also watched this. I tried to watch this series, but I didn't finish it. And I'm wondering how long ago I stopped watching or like how far in the series I got because what I was watching was not what happened in this movie like at all <laughs> okay we got yeah we got to get into that later yeah you you yeah. um we'll get into that later but you stopped watching before the uh like a light switch you know kind of gets flipped yeah 45 minutes series. into this movie okay so oh, how many episodes of the light switches <laughs> yeah how, how many episodes in did you make it i think probably like 10 or 15 okay that's pretty good like halfway maybe not through, because if something happens around then maybe less than that because like it's so like, when I was watching, it was just like, oh, we got a giant robot because there's a giant alien, mm-hmm. and now they're going to fight. Like, my, okay. I would do with my Power Ranger action <laughs> figures in my room when I was a kid. Like, that's that was it. Well, there was some weird teenage stuff, but, like... Right. When were you watching? 
How when do you think? How this old was were not you? too long ago. This was really like in the last he was five a man. years or so. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I mean, Ryan, similarly, I mean, I think I'm probably in the middle ground, actually, between you and Jace. Uh, I grew up watching Toonami, like a lot of kids around our age uh, in the 2000s. So I did watch like Sailor Moon and I watched Digimon and I watched, you know, Roroni Kenshin and stuff. Mm -hmm. This particular anime, I never got around to seeing. I think I saw like one episode and that was like Ryan, like years and years ago. I don't remember shit about this <laughs> this thing. Um, and then I watched a lot of Korean anime growing up as like a little kid, hmm. uh, but that didn't impart like a ton on me just like i don't really remember anything it's always something i meant to dip my toes back into i'm anime curious uh but never really got full on uh, as an adult is it me now is it my turn yeah you can just admit as much as you want to admit yeah. about <laughs> so my older brother older stepbrother lauren was very into anime um we would go to i think it was bosco's Bos Boscovs? Oh, the trading card place? Yeah, and I would like, whenever we were in Anchorage, and I would buy the serialized Shonen Jump so I could oh, read sick. any of the Shonen. Um, what was ever being published in there. I think the biggest thing uh, about anime for me is that like, and me being a fan, is I will watch it. I will digest what happens. But like, there are the fans that, you know, that like know the name of every character in a show. If we had Taylor yeah. or Yubi on, I can mention I'm rewatching Bleach right now because Thousand yeah. Year Blood War just came out. And I'll be like, oh, man, should I watch this arc that is episodes 82 to 104 that's filler? And he, it, I called him. He hasn't watched Bleach and I, dear God, I don't know how long. He'll be like, <laughs> oh, you should really, uh, you know, I don't think you really need to watch it. But this character, this character, and this character, I really like them in that arc. And I'm like, where is that stored in your brain? <laughs> how do you remember that i specifically remember having a conversation with someone be like oh i'm watching my hero academia with yuri we're on like episode 112 which was mm -hmm. i think caught up at the time and somebody was like oh man yeah i really love insert main character's name and i was like oh fuck which one is that <laughs> <laughs> so so like so, i'm a yeah. fake but you have gotten know. you've gotten the hours in like yeah. you definitely have like your pilot's license for anime. Yes. Like you you know your shit and you're familiar with the tone, mm -hmm. right? Um, that's interesting about Taylor because, uh, you know, I know Taylor as well. Maybe uh, for a future anime uh, movie we watch, we can have him on <laughs> as a guest. We, I, we, maybe we need an expert up in here uh, because I think this was an interesting experiment. You know, we have three people who've probably watched, <laughs> like, out of the three of us, like you've watched the whole thing, right, Jace of, of Neon Genesis? Uh, I think I might have watched might have watched it when I was younger. If I did watch it, it was like before I was 14, I would say. So this is going to go great. I can already tell. <laughs> but uh, to appease kind of like the nerdy fans, you know, I figured we can kind of do some fan service because there's going to be a lot of new listeners with this episode. It's going to be people who've never dropped in on the GBGB's brand. That stands for Good Boys Gone Bland. Okay, that's our podcast that you're listening oh, to going, right now. We're going way basic. Uh, we're going way basic, and I just figured I've got some nerdy discussion questions that'll help the nerds kind of get into our podcast and figure out our personalities. So um, just to get the juices flowing, um, mm -hmm. I have, who would win in a fight, Blastoise or Kratos? <laughs> so Blastoise is the Pokemon. Uh, yes, correct. The uh, yeah, turtle with cannons. And, and, and Kratos. Kratos is the guy from the God of War video games? That, the strong man with blades that yes. kills multiple gods and steals their weapon, turns them into. Can he swim? Does he swim in the video games? Oh, that's a good point. I don't think he ever swims. 
Uh, well, <laughs> this giant turtle has two giant water cannons. Yeah, yeah. So he, um, I've also never seen Kratos, like, really drink water. Because, like, my first defense is obvious where it's, like, he gets blasted with a water cannon and then he can drink it faster than the Blastoise is spraying it out. And the Blastoise mm-hmm. is like, oh, I gotta increase my stream! And then he's, like, drinking it faster than Blastoise can spray the, the water out. And then Blastoise turns into a raisin and dies. Yeah, wow. that's anime AF. I think Kratos might have maybe beat the shit out of Poseidon at some point, which means that, you know, Blastoise is just another seafaring creature at that point. That's a fair point. He do have a big shell, um, and he's pretty strong defense. I think the best defense in the Pokemon Kingdom, as far as Gen 1 goes. Mm. Uh, One thing I do want to mention about Blastoise is I think he's like four feet tall. Like, let me just look up how tall is Blastoise real quick, because it's not as tall as I thought it was. I want to make clear, too, that um, he can get, like, really easily killed by a little electric mouse. So... Oh, shit. If Kratos has a taser, yeah. he's well, if, if Kratos has his, like, his son who shoots those electric arrows, I think Blastoise would be fucked. But in a one-on-one, uh, just kind of, like, no weapons or anything, I feel like it would be a fair fight. Blastoise is 5'3", and I think Kratos oh. is, like eight feet tall so yeah um, so that's that's kind of one-sided there huh okay not the same weight division are we leaning towards kratos on this one sure yeah 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 is there a, is there a right answer is that are you gonna reveal the truth yeah the answer is kratos oh good Oof. um yeah so the next question good job guys one point for all of us uh who would win in a fight batman or tahu the leader of the toa faction in bionicle tahu Oh gosh! I was like, <laughs> but you say Bionicle, and I'm just yeah imagining a Bionicle. I don't know enough to know the names. Okay, so Tahu is like the what, fire type. He's a tornado. He's a fire, bro. He's yeah. uh, red. <laughs> he's the red one, and okay. this is what, pre- were, what were his weapons? Okay, he has a, like a fire blade, okay, like a fire sword blade. I, I'm imagining it. Yeah, and then yeah, he definitely has... the guy with the fi- the robot with the fire sword blade. Yeah, he's pretty strong. Going to beat up a ripped billionaire? Yeah, but Tahu doesn't have a job and has no money to speak of. So I think that's going to hurt him too, like living in Batman's world. Like, Yeah, he's not going to be able to get an apartment? Oh, yeah. Does he have any references? do they fight in? Yeah, so that's that's huge, right? So we're we're automatically assuming that Tahu fights in Gotham. Yeah, so let's say Tahu... They're probably scarier bad guys than... (laughs) A Bionicle? Than a Bionicle. I would be fucking terrified if I saw a mecha skeleton show up in an alleyway with a flame sword. Doesn't, don't they already have that? Probably, I mean, probably like, in Gotham? To some extent, yes. But Tahu, he, okay, he can't get an apartment, like, like we said. Mm-hmm. He can't get any food. There's no Bionicle food at all. So he's on a time, like a timer here to, to kill Batman and get the fuck out. You know, otherwise he'll starve to death, I think. And Batman's got ton of mon- tons of money. But alternatively, if Batman goes to Bionicle World. He can't eat Legos. So this, they're on, it depends on what, mm, I think what. It really, it's home field advantage is the determining factor. So that's the huge thing. Um, okay, hmm. what if food, money was not a factor? These two guys are just fighting hand to hand. Batman has all his gadgets and um, let's say prep time as well. Both of them get um, equal amounts of prep time. I think Batman has a little, th- this is yeah. Batman's alley, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think. Batman can smoke bombs and stuff. I'm imagining what does Batman have? I don't know. Smoke bombs, uh, Mm -hmm. some wire. He can do some repellent. Yes, he can. He's got little little boomerangs and stuff. 
yeah, like Tahu's like, "Where are you, you motherfucker?" Like when he Whoa. when he does the <laughs> does the smoke bomb. I'm just I'm just like imagining like the the you know the the, the rated R movie. And isn't, then uh, isn't he like you know the good boy of the bunch? Tahu's kind of like the hothead of, oh, of the Toa. Okay, like they're like, "Yo, Tahu, like calm down." And he's like, "No, I'm gonna fuck him up, you fuckers." And that's like, and Tahu is just like a crazy loose cannon. But like maybe Batman can throw a batarang and, and knock his mask off. Because that, you know, that's a source of so much of his power. And if Batman gets his mask off, too, he's kind of screwed as well in a different way. Because people will know who he is. So, like, and how hot's the flame sword, you know? Like, yeah, I touched it all the time as a kid, and it was never burned me. (laughs) My other Bionicles beat the shit out of Tahu. Yeah. Yeah. You ever do Bionicle? You ever do Bionicle fights with the, the gears? I had and the chicken can... ones where their oh, heads yeah. extended. Oh, and I'd be like, yeah. What were those? <laughs> the <laughs> like some, Were they like, I don't, were they pets? I don't understand. No, the Bowrock were evil beings after Makuta fell. Uh, and they have these parasitic See, this masks. is what okay, I, mean. I think I, I, I loved okay, Bionicle. I, and then some <laughs> nerd-ass book jockey like this comes in. And I yeah. feel defensive, you know, because you're... Okay hurting me with your knowledge i also of, think okay. i've gotten negative feedback before but how <laughs> oh, often again? we talk about bionicles uh, on this podcast again with the bionicle hate okay i just figured it'd be equal playing ground because ryan you've read batman comics you know batman <laughs> what are you talking about didn't you read court of owls and whoa I, i've never done such a thing this is a nerd podcast we're allowed to come out in the open right now okay okay does Tahu? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Tahu wins. <sighs> we gotta go with Batman. Unfortunately, I want it to be Tahu, but okay, fine. All right, let's move on. Burning content here. Um, okay. Wait, there, what was the answer? Oh, it's um, it's Tahu. I just googled it. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I think. Shit. Well, they said is that um, Tahu can replace his body with different parts, so he can replace his body with the anti-Batman uh, gun. So, oh, that's gun. Powerful. A normal yeah, it's, gun. But, but, it, but it's no, but it's like a gun that kills Batman really easily and good fast. Um, Do they like have crazy. that in Motonui? Like, is that a? Is yeah, that every, a, it's mm. like a part that that comes comes with the Motonui set mm-hmm. is the Batman gun. So that's that's there. And then so um, let's do a last question. So with who? Okay, this is the last nerd question. Uh, who would win in a fight, the Avengers or ten Ben Tens? What does Ben Ten do? So Ben Tennyson is a young boy with a watch. It's called the Omnitrix, and it turns him into ten different aliens yeah so that was like an old anime that we grew up with ryan did you not see Ben 10 no i'm not trying to downplay or anything i don't know a single thing about Ben 10 i believe (laughs) that (laughs) just google ben Um, 10 ryan and just google ben's ben 10 monsters Ben monsters if you say right now that you literally have no idea who ben 10 is and we've made so many ben 10 references on this it just makes me wonder about? what you're thinking about when we say that. <laughs> yeah, when that episode where we gave the Ben Affleck season, you know, in Ben Affleck season, we gave 10, 10 out of 10s. We called it the Omnitrix because it was a Ben 10. <laughs> Ryan didn't know Is what you were what talking about. <laughs> Is that what that means? That comedy gold just went right over your head. I didn't know. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, you guys, how often do you make Ben 10 references that I just don't get? I'm going to guess Almost, in the 75 yeah. episodes that we've had that there have been at least 15 Ben 10 references. What? Yeah. We, this we, is the first time hearing of it. We should do a Ben 10 season where we just kind of watch the OG Okay, series. so hold on. So it okay, says okay. Ben's transformation. It says Ben 10. Can I, can I postulate ben here? Ben 10,000? Is that what? the new one? 
So I, think that's a new I one believe that the it. Omnitrix, right? It takes alien DNA, it mm-hmm. transforms him into them, but doesn't it like transform him into like the most battle ready, advanced like form of that alien? Yeah, like he won't he won't like turn into like a like an accountant version of forearms. Like who who do, who doesn't want to kick I, some ass? He's like the buffest version of forearms. So yeah, I think uh ten ben tens. I think if he turned into like someone like Grey Matter and he could hijack Tony Stark's Iron Man suit and he's like, whoa, guys, I can't control it. And then he starts shooting his own Avengers friends. Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty screwed. Pretty screwed. Yeah, I, d- I have n- I have absolutely no clue. I, I, I'm i sorry to on, say this. Ryan, just... Some of them look cool. <laughs> yeah. There's can, this can name guy that's a looks fireball. Cool? Okay. Heat blast. He's cool. There's a guy named Humongosaur. Whoa. No, are you looking in the later seasons? Don't no, don't look at Alien Force. Look at uh, introduced says, in the original. I'm on a freaking fandom. What else? This is this is your holy grail. <laughs> Can you think of just look at a, a monster who's in the original series of Ben Ten, right? And just anything that looks interesting to you. Okay, Stinkfly. He's funny looking. Yeah, Stinkfly. That's a good one. He said he, apparently I don't really remember what this guy does. <laughs> he Why? has claws for hands. And he has a very strong sense of smell. And his quote is that, I sense an elderly man. Yes. I want him. I, I pretty much am him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think Stinkfly can beat the Falcon maybe in a flying battle. Oh, hell yeah. This dude? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Also, um, I, I don't, I'm not big on the Avengers, by the way. I don't really give a shit about them. And right. Hawkeye, <laughs> total loser, right? Oh, he okay. just did with yeah. a bow. But he's like super good with the bow. Like he can, so he can what? do some trick shots. So what? Give him a fucking gun. Iron Man can't shoot a bow. He doesn't exactly. He doesn't need to. He skipped over that <laughs> six thousand years of human history for a reason. <laughs> it's it's the little bit of grounded realism of what also guy isn't a dude with really a rock good. attached Ryan, to a stick. Ryan hates yeah. Daredevil because he just hears good. Yeah. Oh, I'm just a real guy who hears good and knows martial arts. What? <laughs> Fuck the guy that shoots arrows. No, Daredevil's cool. Okay. <laughs> They're just like... normal dudes who are kind of good at things. <laughs> Captain America just lifts and takes steroids. Yeah. Um well, I like Upgrade, who's a, who's made of liquid metal, and he can uh take over upgrade? any machine. Okay, from so ben 10. I'm gonna ben say Ben 10. 10. Okay, we're it's unanimous, and I actually did just Google it, and it is Ben 10 who will win the fight against the Avengers. Excuse me, wow. are you Google? Are you literally yeah. Googling who would win in a fight, the Avengers or Ben 10, and somebody's answered that question on, like, Quora or something? Uh, nope, it's it's the first result in Google. There's a coming little box from for it. The Mark Zuckerberg from himself. So, um, <laughs> that's, that's the fucking source. <laughs> that's the answer. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean, this... This movie we, we saw is a robot movie, right? It yeah, it, it's Mecha. Yep, it's a, Kaiju, it's a Mecha. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys have a favorite like robot or like a favorite depiction of robots? The Terminator. Oh, the Terminator. That's a pretty good robot. That's a rope. That's not a. That's not like classically Mecha though. So we're our. What's you your question? Okay. Robot. Yeah, I said robot. You can you can choose. We can choose it into Mecha, but we're kind of narrowing the field a little bit because Ryan and I haven't seen a ton of anime. Mm. Okay. Oh, Mecha Godzilla. Oh yeah, Mecha Godzilla where they where they built one and he's yeah. he's just as strong. And then there's and like Space Godzilla evil. too, and he's like almost a robot, and then there's like King mm-hmm. Ghidorah robot version. Yeah. Mecha King Ghidorah. I mean, I think my favorite robot's probably R two D two, just going back. Wait, for, I got for shit years. for picking the Terminator and he doesn't get shit for picking R two D two. I didn't give you shit for Terminator. R two D two is a great fucking robot. He's a droid. 
He's smart as shit, and he's like what ninety years old. Okay, by the time here's Force what Awakens I don't get about R two D two. Okay, let him talk. Right, he talks. He talks in his let own language. Let him talk. Just give him freaking a speaker. Like C three PO can talk. Yeah, mm-hmm. but R two D two goes beep boop 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 boop. And well, only like in, half the people can understand him. It is a multilingual society that is his droid language. I mean, because everyone speaks that language. Like, Luke understands it. Yeah, Ryan. I mean, he doesn't have to speak Learn Galactic another basic. language, loser. Yeah, you, you watch this in subs or dubs. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, well, I'm just like, we're, we're talking yeah. about Mecca. Both of you guys had to have seen Zoids on Cartoon Zoids. Network, right? Yo. Wait, Zoids? Whoa. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that's like a Mecca. Gundam. You just said if a you word. Watched, if you watch Toonami, <laughs> Gundam, you should have seen that. Gundam you know? was sick. I you didn't favorite see Gundam. Gundam. Huh. Somebody made me watch Gurren Lagan. Gurren Lagan. I only got like two episodes into that. I couldn't. Uh... <laughs> okay. All right. We got to start doing shit for the normies, guys. This is getting a little too hardcore yeah. and in the cut. But Jace, real quick, what's your favorite robot? Just man, I would probably say one of the like the T Rex or Raptor. I'm I'm either going with those are animals. Yeah. Um. Uh, is is mobile suit one probably a gundam gundam are pretty cool. probably yeah yeah the gundam was pretty sick did you see ready player one where the guy turns into a gundam and, and starts fucking shit up yeah it's pretty sick uh guys robots are cool and uh now that we've kind of flexed our uh credentials a bit <laughs> i think we've got plenty of nerd street cred to start talking about this dang movie Please. Yeah, you're gonna need to give me ten minutes to discuss Evangelion as a whole. I don't think that's a good idea. I think it because is because um, also I'm gonna want every sentence you say. I'm there's gonna be a follow up question. No, I'm I've got to go through the history of it so that we yeah. understand. But I Evangelion. also want to have a conversation with you two right. about what the plot of this movie is and what the mm-hmm. what the background behind before this movie starts. So I don't want that to be too like repetitive or like unorganic as well. Yeah, maybe we can we can start with how we reacted to this film just independently. You know, I'm just going to say that I spent yeah. like two fucking hours doing history and research okay. on this and if you're gonna no. tell me okay. you don't want right. me to give a spiel i'm gonna be upset that i no. literally ingested any of this content okay. for you <laughs> okay all right you know what okay. no, we it's, could fair. Have... He, it's fair it's fair i it's totally fair because i, I was didn't because like, honestly i was like what the fuck <laughs> Yeah, okay. Well, this this is good. This is good to include. Actually, I think I think right. Ryan, you should say this on on mic. Yeah. Uh, should we? Okay. okay let's so cut, what let's I was saying, Ryan, is I'm fine. Uh, <laughs> are discussing the movie. However, I yeah. just have because of what I was looking at a little bit more information on just the backstory of Evangelion uh, and like That's what good. happens leading up to the movie and okay. some other some other facts that are like if you were to really give, I guess. This movie, if you weren't watching it independently or watching it part of the series um, and giving it a critique, you know, it would I guess Do some we, of that information pertains. No, I, then let's let's totally. I that's that's why I wanted to clarify whether you're doing that or you were gonna explain to the audience exactly what happened in the movie. Mm-hmm. But also, I think we need to tell, make it clear that this isn't like a standalone movie too. And like, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Holy shit, what? <laughs> and uh, for people who don't know, you know, or like have mm-hmm. no fucking clue what we're going to be talking about, because this is this is definitely the most out there thing we've ever watched. <laughs> yeah, I mean, imagine just I've never done this dropping in on a series like 27 episodes in 
all of the character development yeah. and shit has already happened. The uh-huh. intros and everything. And you're watching the last two motherfucking episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that, and, okay, well, let's get on. Like, yeah, like but, that's so an opposite of what I do. I, I, I've seen yeah. random episodes of shows here and there, but like, mm-hmm. it's different when it's something that doesn't have <laughs> this much plot. Uh, and also like, this is a cherished, cherished TV show by a lot of people, yeah. partially mm-hmm. because of this movie. And for me to just randomly watch this movie, like I might have hit a point of no return. And <laughs> the interesting thing t- from my perspective right now, and I, and I don't want to talk about this too much, yeah. but like there's no going back. There's like no yeah. going back to watching the rest of the series without knowing how it ends. It's ruined. It's yeah. ruined no, for us. We, we can't. It's like someone spoiling. Remember when we had the spoiler wars? Yeah. Yeah. We Yeah, the, uh, the great spoiler wars. When we were wa- we would watch movies first and spoil it for the rest of our friends mm-hmm. and yeah. it just became it's like, like a that. horrible. It's like that. Like yeah. that happened to me, but I'm I that happened by me watching the movie? I mean, Ryan, you're always a big proponent of going in cold. And in this way, this is the most cold you've never go been in. more fucking cold. <laughs> <laughs> fucking lifeless oh. and i've even seen like a lot of it and like you i might as well not have yeah it's okay it's, it's like when you're watching like lord of the rings and you just watched mm-hmm. the last scene in the volcano where frodo's fighting with Gollum over right. the ring and you're you like just oh did this, not... this is a movie about go- about <laughs> volcanoes Le- oh, okay well, uh, thank you for listening up till this point Okay, Precious yeah. fan, new listener, the GBGBs. I don't know that you gave the spiel oh, sh- earlier. We should give the spiel. The yeah, spiel. That's oh, what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah if yeah. if you're new here, obviously, uh, if you're not new here and you've heard this 20 times, sorry, skip ahead 30 seconds. We review 10 movies of a particular yes. theme. That could be an actor. It could be end of the world movies, like we are currently doing, uh, and we rate it based on how we think it is as a movie, an enjoyment, uh, how yeah. well was the film made. And then on an apocalometer or a disasterometer, how how apocalypsy it was, so to speak, in this season. And um, while I chose this movie to put on the wheel of chaos <laughs> antagonistically, <laughs> because it checks the boxes, and it's also technically the last two episodes of a TV show. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm I'm so glad we did this, and it's it's interesting, Ryan, because like we have we can have we can experience Neon Genesis in a way that almost no one has. We can never undo this. The show, we can never have the experience that the creators wanted us to have. And we watched the last first. I don't know if a lot of people have done that. And I think we have interesting perspectives to show people because, like, we're watching this in a vacuum, truly a vacuum. Yeah. Just and that's, what we watched. <laughs> and I, so I went on Letterboxd after I watched the movie. Yeah. I had, I didn't read a word beforehand. And one of the top reviews is like, under no circumstances whatsoever <laughs> should you think about watching this movie if you haven't seen and understand the entirety of the series. What oh, I thought about this, this specific show and that there was a movie of, so the reason I got to Evangelionist, I was, I was like, we don't watch yeah. many animated movies. We've seen, you know, two before this. And I thought, hmm, are there any end of the world or apocalypse animated movies? And then mm-hmm. this one popped up. And then I went to the letterbox and saw how highly it was rated. And then I clicked on the rating that said exactly what you just said. <laughs> and I was like, we've got to watch it. I had no clue. Yeah, and it was unique. And you know what? This was also on sitting on my Netflix queue to watch next to Neon Genesis Evangelion. 
Um, and I just happened to see this one before that one on my Netflix watch list. So I actually checked off a box there. And so now that the list is a little shorter. And you know, before we, we get into the discussion, I feel like we, we can put a little disclaimer here. I, I think it would probably be, be good to do. You know, we're, we're going to be kind of talking about uh, things that are like sexual in nature because of what's in the movie, um, things that are that, that might be pretty inappropriate and might be triggering to some people. So please take appropriate care before going into that, because um, we are going to have to probably address at least some of that because uh it, it was it was a lot. I think we we were kind of texting about it earlier too, um, in this movie. But uh, just you know, just wow! Like this movie was fucking nuts to go into <laughs> without knowing anything. Um, we talked about that Lord of the Rings uh, analogy earlier. It's like the back half of this movie is Gollum falling into the volcano. Yes, and, yes, 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 dude. <laughs> and, like for forty five minutes, <laughs> and you do you don't know what the ring is. You don't know what the volcano is. You don't know why that weird little man looks like that. Like, there's so many questions. There's so much that you know is painted around this whole situation. And then the first, the first part is like, I, I feel like Bilbo and Sam reconciling their friendship. And you're like, what? Are they friends? Are they, did they grow up together or something? Like, I don't know. Why is he caring? And what happened to him? And that's that's what I think is really great, and and the fact that this was released as a movie in theaters is is fucking wild to me. Uh, in 1997, a very different world too. <laughs> Can we? Okay, so and yeah. this was made because um, the writer for the anime, uh, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess the manga too. Um, of the 26 original episodes, the last two being the finale, the fans had a severe, vehement reaction to the ending and that ending was not this one the ending was not this one okay so much so that they went back and decided to redo it and re-release it theatrically like this so there are technically two endings Mm -hmm. you could watch episode 25 and 26 and ends quite differently for our main character and I i have a quick question just to kind of feel that out is the other is the alternate ending maybe a a little bit more digestible (laughs) <laughs> uh <laughs> i i think if you were to watch the last two episodes like we just did no yeah N- no oh, interesting okay um yeah were they like more obtuse more weird <laughs> fucking <more>! goo balls <laughs> i think the budget was pretty tight for those episodes so like right. there was less i think when you get into the second part of this movie there's a lot of really sporadic and like crazy art as we see like the dissolution of self they had that in episode 25 and 26 but it was quite a bit more bare bones it wasn't anywhere near a psycho um oh, okay but you're still gotcha. within the the mind of the main okay. character yeah can we get a I mean, synopsis yeah, for, yeah. okay <clears throat> for the audience who may not know what happened in this movie can you maybe tell us the premise of the series? Yeah, do you want the pre- premise? Of the, 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 uh, yeah, so what's this, what's this series okay. about, James? Give us a little bit of background so okay. the audience isn't so confused. I tried to practice this. Um, Denali, yeah. I'm sorry for your fingers and your macros because you're going to probably... <laughs> when you get through this. but um, That's okay, yeah. So, uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. The story broad story is that way back when super advanced uh alien species was dying and they put all of their energy into creating these things that would go to planets and would create life they were called seeds 
under no circumstance were the the two opposite types of seeds supposed to be on the same planet. So at first on Earth, the seed of Adam crashed into Earth. The being inside of that Adam uh, created the angels, which are the if you were to watch the show, they're the the big alien esque creatures that uh, the humans have to fight. Okay. At some point after that, the seed for Lilith crashes into Earth, which is not supposed to happen. Okay, that's bad. I got you. They're not supposed to be on the same planet. A failsafe occurs in the Adam seed, the first one to hit, which kind of puts them into hibernation. Lilith, which is that big blob that's on the cross in the movie, creates humans. So first seed made big aliens, second seed made humans. But then humans developed like we did on Earth naturally, like right now, like if it was in our world. Um, Wait, sorry. The blob on the cross, wasn't that Adam? No. Because wasn't the guy talking to, to them as Adam? That's, then, uh, okay. Lilith is under the, in the, in the moon base, the moon, yeah. black moon under Tokyo. Okay, okay. A- Adam. Let's, yeah, the, the, the follow-up questions might actually make things more confusing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm like, who? Who? Okay. What? Is so, this in the future? Two large beings. <laughs> Big aliens, Adam. Yeah, okay, okay. Humans, Lilith. Okay. Not supposed to coexist. Um, humans develop as normal. At some point, people find in Antarctica, they find the remnants of this first seed of Adam. Mm-hmm. And they start studying it, like humans do. And uh, what leads this world into post-apocalyptic area is one human decides that they need to, uh, to make contact with Adam. When they do that, it awakens him. It awakens those first big angels and then causes, causes a cataclysmic event on Earth. Oh, okay. Um, so they're able to get a sample of Adam back to Japan where they have the Lilith one. So after that explosion, these al- the, the big aliens, the big angels are waking up. The whole southern hemisphere of the Earth is destroyed. Um, it's just the northern hemisphere that's like barely left normal. Billions of people oh, died. fuck. At this point, because the angels are waking up, society's like, oh, we have to fight them. We'll use the DNA and the technology from we've found from researching these people to make the Ava, for, to make the Evangelion units. And the robots in this, the mechas, are big organic creatures. They're okay, big organic beings organs. Okay, made yeah. from the DNA of Adam. All right, that's pretty dope. Okay. And then uh, from there, you know, it's the, uh, for what, episode one to, you know, 20, whatever, um it's shinji in his eva fighting and killing the angels and really the broad stroke of the show is that a big bad government organization wants to destroy all the angels to make them weak and then they want to combine adam with lilith because it'll make an event where humanity dissolves like we see in this movie and it'll remove human strife and misunderstanding and will be um uplifted so when people when they say dissolve that means like into a singularity right not just all die like they well, all in this movie like they a, literally did that they turn though. it they turn <laughs> it, it becomes a like singular consciousness where everyone is okay. connected yeah um okay. okay and other neat facts that i saw so the the robots the big mechas the evas are um to be piloted they had to have like a soul put into them and in each case for one of the pi- each one of the pilots in this in the show the main characters it's their mother so eva zero one the one that shinji's oh, mom is in fuck. his mom's soul was absorbed into the 
the juice of that. Oh, and then that's Jesus. why that one girl was talking to her mom. Yeah. I did just like some so, backstory. Oh, you, th- yeah. yeah, you didn't miss anything because you didn't watch the show, but uh, Ava02, the orange one with uh, Asuka in it, there was a, an American program and they were uh, making an Eva and her mother was a scientist on it and it absorbed half of her soul. And then the mom was like, oh, tried to kill Asuka. And you see like a flash of that. And when they're in the thing. So, yeah, part of her mother is in that suit as well. So, yeah, you can't use the machines. The first like five of them, unless their mom's been absorbed into them. And holy shit. And basically every single one of the major players in this movie wants to start the um, human human instrumentality project. And that mm-hmm. that's just turning everybody into goop and making them one big so I mean, that's sounds- why the pilots are all teenagers, is that they had to have a, a mom, a mother, like, be a sacrifice. They have to, the pilot... So you can't ha- have, like, a 40-year-old dude who's, like, trained because his mom... <laughs> this, is, know, that's, this is deeper into the lore. So each, each one of the, <laughs> each one of the, the, the short things of it, uh, the, eight, the creatures have this field... This energy field, it's called the AT field. Okay, yes. Um, Mm -hmm. And to be able to create that and fight against them, the pilot of the mech has to be able to synchronize with it. And the only way they were able to find out, I believe, for the pilot to synchronize with the robot was that it had to be like, it had to have a soul and it was best if that soul was connected to him. So, okay, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, that's good. yeah, the AT field that, was mentioned. The AT field and the anti-AT field was mentioned a few times in the movie, and that is just you know not clear. Is that just like hand wavy stuff? That's kind of like that. It, kind of like when, when, when like, we're when we were kids and we were playing in the driveway or something, and someone's like, "I've got a force field. I've got an anti-force field." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Cool. That clears some things up, Jace. Because I mean, Ryan, you probably had a similar reaction. Because you are slammed into a dense lore wall oh, yeah. as soon as you get it. They're throwing terms. There's all sorts of questionable in- imagery here with like these like monolith government meetings, and like they're saying all sorts There's of shit. Also, about like angels. one guy whose entire job is to tell everybody how what the power levels of the robots. <laughs> Which I was like, <laughs> if I ever get stuck in an underground looking. bunker. <laughs> I, I want that guy's job. So, okay. so, so let's the okay that 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 that, is, that does help a little bit. Okay, yeah. But like, what I want to talk about with this movie is why it's a movie and why it's not a movie. Because <laughs> normally, if you're it, like, even if you're doing an entry in a series, you have the sort of the way of like the thing that weighs on you is the dialogue. And mm-hmm. the plot of the movie has to give a little bit about the previous movies. Yes. And that, like, like I've been watching the, all the Harry Potter movies right now. And number six doesn't just open up and be like, oh, yeah, Harry Potter is a giant space lizard. And, like, <laughs> like the, the, there's a little bit of an explanation to everything, you know. Ron's like, remember last year when this happened? You know, but but in the series, it's different because, like, episode 25 can be an entirely, like, self-contained or it can pick up this seem, really seems like it picked up after a monumental episode so yeah. there, there's no kind of intro and it just kind of like it's not a standalone movie there there's no other way for this type of experience to be successful like you know an hour and 20 minutes of footage normally is either you randomly take it out of the center of a longer piece of you know media like a series 
mm-hmm. or it's a standalone project like a movie. And this was not a standalone project like a movie. So the pacing and the character arcs and everything was not important to this thing that we watched. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was only focused on resolving things. Yeah, that's you articulated that well, Ryan, because I was also trying to put my finger on that where I, I was like, is there a way that I could catch myself up on this in the movie? Like it, it would have to have like an hour of exposition because it drops you right in. And I think my initial response was like, OK, cool. This is like a Dark Souls thing where I can just like there's a big world and maybe through context clues, <laughs> right. I can figure out what's happening here. <laughs> Well, okay, and so that, that's no. the other thing to me is like, on the one hand, the, the fact that this is just two episodes of a TV show does make it a little bit obtuse and a little bit hard to digest. However, the other part is just like the sheer audacity of this. And it's not <laughs> being controlled by a movie studio who's saying, okay, make it accessible to the public. We want this to do well in theaters. So it's got to be you know, middle America has to be able to understand this. <laughs> no, this the person who whoever made this has free, complete control over the creative process and that doesn't have to waste any time doing anything they don't want to do. And then within that, that would be true for any series that had a green light for the last two episodes to get wacky. But the way this specific piece of media was presented to us, it eschewed everything about storytelling. Like, <laughs> the, the, I've never seen anything like this before in my life. It was like an hour and a half long music video because <laughs> there's no pacing, there's no story arc, and there's no foreshadowing. Like, you, you can't say, oh, I get what they're doing here. They're yeah. saying that because it's going to be important later. And I'm going to be like, oh, look at this kid. He's kind of down in the dumps. By the end, he's going to be a badass. Like, there's no way to predict what the next five seconds, what the next five minutes of this show are going to be like. And when you watch the first, you know, 15 minutes, you have no clue about how it's going to end. Like there's literally no breadcrumbs. There's nothing to pick yeah. up on. It's just like whatever is happening is like literally happening right now. And and that way it reminds me a lot of real life. You're going yeah. around your life. You're not able to predict what's going to happen next. You're just kind of in the moment. And that was really cool. <laughs> there's Yeah, there, there's no arc really here or at least within this this these two episodes we watched that's presented as a movie um it's hey yeah it's in the movie section you (laughs) you put some respect on its name (laughs) i mean right you, you talked about the first 15 minutes of this movie um, we don't have to say exactly what happened in the first 15 minutes of this movie, yeah. but there was something that happened. Like I, te- <laughs> we, we, I texted you guys. Minutes is, is generous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we first picked this movie, I was like, I'm going to glance at Wikipedia. Just, I glanced at it and, well, and I sent you guys the screenshot and, and folks at home, since we're not going to explicitly say what happens, but it was extremely jarring and I was horrified. Uh, I can't believe this was in the movie. It's the second sentence in the Wikipedia plot summary. Mm-hmm. All right. If you really want to know what it was, um, it's definitely something sexual involving the main character. And I could not fucking believe my eyes and ears. Why would you start a movie like this? Yeah. And like, there is, you, you made yeah. this joke earlier, but like it's the second sentence in the Wikipedia article. Yeah. And that directly correlates to its placement in the mm-hmm. in the <laughs> yeah. movie. In yeah. the movie. So like it's you like, can't you can't be like, oh, that I'm gonna guess what that when that's gonna happen and I'm gonna <laughs> close my eyes. You can't do that. Yeah. It's it's so bad. 
it's so like insanely problematic like and i know like there was a fan backlash with this too like people were calling it like one of the most unpleasant experiences in anime history Hmm. um and even then we're like we're talking about the free reign of this director what the fuck were you thinking dog like why would you put this in your mecha anime like i just there is no circumstance and then that's this is i think the breaking point where we need to talk about the fact that were three late 20s dudes in america reviewing this and this is an anime it's written and produced for 14 year olds in japan and a lot of it is fan service and that's where we're going to come in and we're going to critique it we're going to say wow what the fuck but there Mm. were probably a lot of people and then problematically like you know older older people who have fed the characters let me let me make this clear right now the characters (laughs) in this movie because we haven't really talked about the actual premise of it are 14 year old and younger uh, canonically around 14 year old mecha suit pilots that were trained as children and put through essentially war with Mm. this alien alien race and you know the series goes through them living together and and them living their lives and then we're we're put into here so uh you know older people that when this came out that were like that are sexualizing the 14 year old cartoons which is a bigger yeah. internet argument um yeah. that we shouldn't have here <laughs> yeah no jace i mean i, I get you like i don't know if that was they, clear no you made a good point yeah yeah like we, we are talking about like kind of the arcs of, of teenagers here but it's like if you absolutely have to talk about the awkward sexual awakenings of kids, mm-hmm. um, I don't know why you would need to in a show like this, but like if you had to, I think there is a better, more tasteful way to do this. Yeah. I mean, we're also talking about 1997. These The people mm-hmm. who wrote this are like dudes in their 40s or 50s, and there are, there are aspects, and like I, I know you guys said something similar on our text chat. It feels like a bunch of old creeps inserting their fantasies into the movie in certain mm-hmm. parts. Um, on these like teen girls and I, shit like that well it's like why is this in here like i know why it's because it's the dudes who wrote this but i was just like what the fuck man like that just it it, it shook me out of the movie and it, it also hints at conversations around anime like i know this has happened around like when people argue about anime on reddit and like 4chan or those circles mm-hmm. where people talk about like sexualization in anime i mean this is 1997 you take a core sample of how women are are like or girls are are uh, you know depicted in anime you're gonna run into shit like this and seeing it in a movie like this i was like wow uh there's no excuse to have this in here i feel like you could tell a mecha story it's a deconstruction without that shit in here um i th- i think yeah um i think it's a thin line uh, like a, a a very fine line to walk i'm not gonna say uh because i'm like not sexualizing that scene right the impact of it when you take a look at the series as a whole is that our main character shinji uses the two female lead characters uh a lot of people online think this as, as he doesn't treat them with humanity they're like tools to give him like satisfaction to build himself up um, satisfaction is mm. a weird not not the word that i'm i think i'm right, meaning right, yeah, to say yeah, in this situation and um the the mirror of it is that like uh the the mirror of this scene and in the end of the movie is that he's asking her for help and then he does something that is absolutely disastrously not okay mm. um and it it's it's really trying to show that I think the director is really trying to show that, you know, he's not a hero. Like he's the, he's the protagonist, but mm-hmm. he, he's despicable. 
and were um I, I made a joke about the hero's journey earlier and yeah. we're like we're at Step ground zero, like. we're at ground zero <laughs> and i agree yeah it's like a really it's a it was a weird scene and then like putting yeah. the nudity in it was was likely fan service and it could have been done a different way but um i wonder if you take away like how we we've come to know and experience like how people sexualize Mm -hmm. anime if it could be received differently if like if we knew there were a bunch of old otakus could could we could that (laughs) seem and that's one thing is yeah i mean it's like i don't really have a problem with any sort of content categorically being shown on like in a in a movie or something like that as long as it's not this exact category Mm -hmm. like this is like you can do all these other things on camera or it's not really camera in this circumstance but like and i'm just like okay yeah it's not an endorsement it's it's a movie this is content that happens in the real world and they're making a movie out of it but like there's kind of one or two ways of approaching that if you want to approach that sort of topic like teenagers in romantic like stuff going on and like their sexuality you can have the characters experience that just don't show it graphically and don't show it from like the character's point of view where he's getting you know pleasure from this like show it from a literal not point of view way and then simultaneously you could just also not do it you could just (laughs) maybe just not have that happen at all and you could make a movie about something else but yeah so that's it's interesting because i don't so I tried not to have it color the rest of my viewing experience, but it was difficult because the theme kept coming back up. And that's kind of the <laughs> one thing that made me uncomfortable, you know, and I, I have seen part of the series before. So, and I remember some of the stuff early on, like it's along the same lines, but it never got this far. And yeah, uh, yeah that's often that's why I back out of some anime series. It's, 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 there's something weird along these lines. I don't, I just don't get it. Like, I understand, and this is what I totally agree with Jace, because, like, I just don't get it Mm -hmm. because I'm not a 14-year-old boy or uh, someone who's interested in that sort of thing reading or watching this. Like, I'm an adult. I want adult themes that are not (laughs) the adult in quotation marks. Mm -hmm. No, I I totally get that. And, like, um, to Jace's point, it does illustrate a character trait about Shinji. You know, as someone who doesn't know Shinji's backstory, Mm -hmm. I am getting idea of like what kind of person he is and obviously like yeah we have issues about how it was presented and and all that stuff too but like it is interesting to see a main character in a a mecha anime act like this not as a badass hero you know that was probably the point right like Mm -hmm. he's depressed he's someone who doesn't want anything to do with this stuff and he's emotionally just completely vacant and broken um i did think that was a bit interesting i think just shinji's character at least just in what i saw in this movie though it was just frustrating to watch just because i didn't have any context because he didn't have a whole lot of lines um and just seeing him in this context where he's kind of moping and i don't know the reason why and he's he's talking about things that he's guilty about and i don't know what he's talking about i was like okay can we just please advance the fucking story (laughs) do you want to do you want me to give you like two three sentences yeah, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so he had to, um, he mentioned that he killed somebody, and that was another Ava pilot who was, okay. he had to kill the Ava pilot. The other Ava pilot asked him to kill him, so he's feeling, feeling guilty about that. And then um, the events, he's blaming himself for the events that caused, there's that girl, Ray, the one that the father kind of, for whatever reason, is it like a clone he sticks his hand into, and then she like rips the hand off, with, and then she floats up into the thing. Um 
that character in the TV show sacrificed herself to save him and I think was also a part of putting Asuka into the, the hospital. So like r- like yeah. literally two episodes before this Jesus or Christ. like three okay, yeah. or like five <laughs> events that just kind of break his character. And that's why right. you go straight into him being the way he was. Mm-hmm. So that's like. And I, I wish I had that that context yeah, yeah, which is yeah. the flaw of seeing this movie like this uh but that that is interesting and I, I think i did get the idea though of of like the fact that he's a child soldier and he's dealing with traumas that are beyond our comprehension and uh you know this poor boy just needs fucking therapy and should not be piloting a tank and they're like come on just kill more people come on like they're like slapping him around and he's like i don't fucking want to do this anymore uh i did kind of feel those scenes i think my impression of this movie was is really kind of overall kind of vibes, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so thinking about it, I guess I never thought about that very hard. I, when when the humans were on screen and there wasn't like guns going off, I was kind of yeah. not paying attention. And the uh, so I, I want to talk about the infiltration scene. Like though, there's a war at the beginning, and mm-hmm. I was yeah. under the impression that the people in the bunker are the good guys, and they're fighting off like alien invaders. And then about yep. X number of minutes come in. Oh, they're fighting off other humans. It is like a war. Other humans are trying to kill them because the humans want the aliens to win. And so like <laughs> that was cool. And then yeah. I was like, oh, the, so the, the the people are invading are bad. And they start just m- straight murking these dudes. And I appreciate this about anime more than anything. And this is why it interests me, is that you can, at least before the advent of this better CGI that we have, you can show really graphic violence. Not that I'm like, oh, yeah, graphic violence is awesome. But like it can punctuate a point and it can serve movies very well and make make you feel very strong feelings in a way that like i don't feel that many feelings when someone shoots a gun and then there's an edit and then someone gets hit by a fake blood capsule and like oh so sick but then when in this everything is able to be shown because it's all drawings and pieces of paper so that was really cool <laughs> they, would get, they yeah, killed yeah. people really brutally and that was i th- I, I wasn't really expecting that the assault on on nerve was I don't nerve nerve I think uh, nerve yeah that was a brutal ass scene right people were being executed there was like a flamethrower and people were just lit on fire and shit I was expecting like the government to come in and arrest everybody but they were just f- like killing thousands yeah. of scientists I was like whoa shit like it was like a siege sequence mm-hmm. uh, when this is going down and that was kind of cool like that was a, that was a cool part of the arc. And then seeing that contrasted with um, like Asuka who comes out with a second Ava and, you know, has like the five minute timer to kill like 20 other Avas, yeah. which is pretty sick. That was a pretty yeah, sick Yeah, that was like, a sick <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. And that's the other thing, too, is like even in Pacific Rim, which is I love that movie so much. But like, yeah, OK, you're, you're watching a computer robot fight like a computer monster and it's all CGI, which is really awesome. But mm-hmm. there's still something kind of missing. And it's what it is, is the robot like disemboweling things like, right. like it's, it's not just that they can show it now. It's like they show some really graphic ways of killing these monsters <laughs> and I am there for it. Like that was yeah. so cool. I have never seen someone go that like hardcore and not just like I'm going to punch you. And you're right. gonna be knocked out. It's like, no, I'm gonna rip your face in half. <laughs> yeah. 
her opening salvo like when she was like all right i got five like it's like 20 seconds per ava her opening uh-huh. move was ripping someone's throat out and tearing his head off like i was like damn this is sick and well, oh sorry go ahead i was gonna say that one of the things that i think will be really maybe m- missing out on in this you mm-hmm. know is generally we try to talk about like technique like film technique mm-hmm. um and i think we're gonna be you know missing a bit of that maybe on animation or or you know we'll talk more about the story because it's a fucking crazy movie but yeah. like when you when you break down those scenes into how they were actually drawn and you have those key poses and the movement between them and you know we talked about i think the point i'm trying to make here is that the pace of this movie is insane it's just like go 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 because it's the final two episodes of a tv show but like the pacing within the scenes and the pacing of the animation i think is like phenomenal mm-hmm. and how the scene transitions and i don't know if you know there's like they drew shaky cam they put shaky yeah. cam in that fight and then they were transitioning really really readily from like close-up shots of the Ava as it was moving to a backward shot where you could see the full scale of the Eva's being huge and fighting to inside the cockpit where yeah. she's like whipping around and hair is flying and she's like forcing the robot and then it moves out to the robot and it's like punching the other robot. And, um, you know, the fact that that's all animated and all done by hand is just spectacular. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, there's no technical limitations on what they could show because there's no fucking cameras, right? And so they really use that to great effect in this in this movie because, like, you can show any angle. You can move the camera however you want. And sometimes, like, animation doesn't take advantage of that at all. They, they mimic an actual camera I and totally you're just, like, agree. fucking watching it. Um, and something like this, sick. Like, you know, yeah. I don't know how you'd film Watch that. Watch really. a really old movie and the ones that are done well use the camera very purposefully because they're like squeezing blood from a stone. They're like, we got this old camera. If we let light in through this six <laughs> panes of glass that are curved to the certain degree and we take this photoelectric, you know, chemical paper and we strip it in front of it at a certain speed it'll look like people are moving (laughs) and they are like they have to be really efficient in the way they do everything has to be really orchestrated and the camera has to be right where it needs to be and that's not present in something like this they can just show whatever they want so in some ways i i totally agree with jace like it's nice for them to come back and say like this, these are shots you're used to. This is going to be normal filmmaking shots. But at the same time, maybe they're using those because they're really effective. Like, maybe that's why we do it with cameras. It's because, like, that's a really good way of connecting with the audience. And the filmmakers wanted to give us the same sort of emotions, so they drew it that way. And that's what I really liked, that it was... It felt like a movie. I don't know why. Like, it felt big. Like, the, the, that fight just felt so big. And... I know this is a kind of a monster of the week show where they every single episode is like a new monster and a new fight, but that fight felt really climactic. And I'm imagining that if I knew more about the series, it would definitely feel like, you know, the end fight, the fight of all fights. Yeah, I, I agree. There was a lot that visually really worked, like aesthetically worked. I don't know if that if everything necessarily worked, like as far as even just voice acting for me or just how, how certain dialogue was written. There might even be translation issues, to be fair. Um, but just like the narrative, the movie standing by itself didn't necessarily work for me. Um, and like Ryan said, like, 
you know, this is probably because we're watching this shit in a vacuum. I'm not going to appreciate any of like the other scenes. Like, of course, we liked the fight scene because, you know, in a vacuum, that looks fucking badass. But I'm not going to appreciate any of the last like 40 minutes of just like postmodern image flashing, like in the way that I'm supposed to. There's no fucking way. Like, um, right. And that, that's what hurt it for me. For me. So I want to talk about pacing a little bit, too. And mm-hmm like story arcs if, if if you mapped the conflict because sometimes i do this too if, if i'm watching a movie or especially if i'm really I, I do do this if i'm thinking about a scene in my book or like i'm thinking mm-hmm. about how to outline a project what i'll do is i'll i'll think of a book or i think of a movie and i'll i'll, I'll try to map the conflict over time and when does it peak when does it plateau when does it kind of have lulls and you'll find a lot of them are similar you know, you start with some of the action, you know, because you want to get people interested. And after that, you can kind of tone it down a little bit and you have a you have a lull so that, you know, more exposition, character building, you kind of have a base to start with from there. And then in the middle, you need something you need, you know, conflict. Something's got to happen. Oh, no, the main characters are kind of taken off guard by something that you know is exciting. And then once again, they have to get ready for the final conflict. So there's another little bit of a lull. And then you have the final conflict, which is usually the biggest peak and mm-hmm. most movies after that will drop down and they'll have like a end scene you know that's kind of calm but this didn't happen <laughs> in this movie because that was over 26 episodes mm-hmm. it, so what we were on we were we had a microscope on that thing and we had we were only looking at a tiny 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 sliver of it so it was just bonkers the whole time and that was really refreshing and it, I don't understand why it was compelling to me because, or I love oral storytelling. That's like my favorite thing to do, but all my stories follow the same sort of patterns. So why? Like, why can't I just tell a story that's bananas from the get go and bananas at the end? Like it was really effective to me and it made me kind of re-examine storytelling and how to map conflict out. What if there was a movie that was a standalone I can think of one movie, and it's like Crank 2, where Jason Statham is running around, and he literally is powered by Jason electricity, Statham. and he has to like get shocked by a car battery to like pump God. himself back up. Like That's kind of what this movie was like, and yeah. I, I, I'm sort of re-examining how, I, how templated I thought movies needed to be. That's a cool point, Ryan. Like I'd never thought about it, uh, examining it as like you know, what is the arc of this movie and kind of what the pace is um, compared to other movies? It's kind of like breaking out of the three minute like pop song in the 50s. You know, what happened in the 70s? People are putting guitar solos in weird spots or dragging a song out for eight minutes. Exactly. Once they yeah. broke out of the the structure, things could get interesting. I don't know. I mean, maybe this is an interesting way to approach art. So take that anime fans. Maybe we did something interesting and cool. <laughs> um, I do think we should probably get into the climax of this movie yeah i didn't actually we're, we're, describe what happens in this movie at all just yeah. the background um <laughs> well that's but then we've fine been talking way too it. much all right well not, yeah, yeah yeah we've been there's no so, background yeah because the, the end sequence is is wild and i think we we could like easily summarize it because a lot of it's wordless it is. and just visual it's kind of like the end of space odyssey uh you know that's a good Shinji, example that's yeah. a really good example Shinji just just comes out. He manages to get into his mech suit. Should I even be the one who's explaining this? Because I don't know what the fuck this movie is. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, Shinji is put in front of his mech suit, which can't move right. because it was sealed with some 
polymer of some kind. And uh, then the spirit of his mother activates the suit, breaks out, and lets him get inside of it. Uh, what the sequence that follows is his his mind just instantly is is breaking at this point. And the event, the hi- human instrumentality project, has technically already been successful. Uh, because deep down in the cave, a copy of this character absorbed, that, that was made from Lilith, absorbed a piece of Adam from the dad's hand, which is something we weren't shown in the movie. Uh, and okay. then she combined with it. So that caused the third event. So at that point, already, humanity was going to turn into Tang. Um, okay. Uh, was was oh, going to turn into like orange goo. Orange, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a big Tang ad. Yes. It was a Tang the ad. The Super Bowl yeah. spot. <laughs> um, he goes crazy. He becomes the tree of life. Yeah. Um, that was kind of crazy. <laughs> there, there, there's, there's this crazy scene. He floats up into space. There are a lot of crosses. He's got wings. There's There are Hebrew symbols everywhere. Um, and then human instrumentality happens. Everyone starts dissolving. And really what we get is uh, Shinji within his own mind kind of confronting himself, coming to terms with what's happened over the last 26 episodes or, or this movie. And the key players, again, wanted this human instrumentality to happen for specific reasons. The government wanted it because they wanted to elevate human race, like force evolution. Shinji's dad wanted it because he wanted to be reunited with his wife. It was a very selfish act. Mm. What it came down to is that Rei, that clone character, I think kind of put it in Shinji's hands to decide what happens, whether or not human instrumentality or the end of the human race as we know it uh, comes to fruition. And we get the the second episode of this, the 45 minutes of craziness of him in his own mind figuring his shit out comes down to he decides that the people on earth that want to live in that kind of their own utopic living can because it's a way to combat loneliness and to remove barriers but um in this movie shinji decides that part of being human is being alone and the interpersonal conflict that we have with each other and it's like you can either be in the in the goop in the hip or you can be outside of it so he goes crazy, and then he ends up on post-apocalyptic Earth. God, I don't know. Just kind yeah. of half. No, of that. that made sense. That made sense. No, that's <laughs> that's 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 good. Um, what was with those like SpongeBob-esque like real-world uh, moments? Dude, oh. dude, I made dude, I made that same reference. No, 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 dude. Yes, because this morning Julie didn't. Let's be real clear. Julie did not finish this movie with me. Yes, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, she got. <laughs> out of there real quick but so i said yeah about an hour into this movie they had a total beginning of the spongebob movie se- yeah. like segment where remember when the pirates are like we got two tickets to go see spongebob the movie <laughs> uh, that's literally what happened it shows a movie theater of people presumably watching this movie and yeah. the funny i know that's not what actually happened because that's impossible because this they Anyways, I was like, yeah. how do they have that technology in 1997 to show the actual theater? <laughs> but I'm realizing that I just... Turn the camera around. Maybe miss... Yeah, turn the projector around. Uh, <laughs> maybe I misinterpreted something. I don't know what that was about. Yeah. Okay. I think Great. they were listening to the performance of Come Sweet Death, the song that's played during the... Okay. What I called the, his d- dissolution of self or when he goes insane and we see the real world uh, imagery. 
that song um play i know it's like an anime trope like playing like a 90s kind of like neo soul jazzy thing over a dramatic scene it just did not work for me it was kind of like a tonal mess listening to like this for me (laughs) yeah i want to say real quick yeah it this movie hit hard like this i i'm loving it like i don't know why i was just i was expecting a a movie and i didn't get that and that's awesome like i i'm here for it well in this in this season i think we've encountered a lot of very basic color by numbers or paint by numbers movies (laughs) this was not that for Mm -hmm. sure (laughs) this had a flavor to it um during those Shinji scenes where they're showing like domestic flashbacks, weird sequences that I think are hypothetical too between him and Asuka. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it just seemed like every character was having some kind of epiphany or realization every 10 minutes. It was kind of like exhausting for me to listen to. It's It sounded like a bunch of therapy summarizations for everyone. And I was like, okay, like why is this in here like this? Um, I, I guess he was supposed to, what, like kind of come to terms with his own existence and his reality. Um I just think the way it was presented was a little like awkward and exhausting. I think you're supposed to, I don't know that he came to, it's hard. I, you know, I watched yeah. this and I mentioned, I texted you last night that I didn't, wasn't really ready to go to bed um, mm-hmm. <laughs> because I don't really think that I was prepared to like psychoanalyze this. This is something that you could probably watch a few times. Oh, totally. I, I don't know if he came to terms, you know, with himself. Mm. Like he, I don't know that he came out of the thing that he did a better person, which I said earlier, like in the beginning of the film, he's seen asking Asuka for help and then does something terrible. In the end, he's in the kitchen. He asks for help and then he's, you know, chokes her. And then yeah. like, who knows, does, who and, knows and what that could possibly mean? It's just like, uh, you know. Yeah, I don't. I, so that's the thing. It's like it's difficult for me to discern the difference between what's happening on the screen and what's happening in the timeline of the movie, because a lot of it was dreams and like fantasies and stuff so i i was like but that girl was alive and then but this is a flashback and he's killing her in the flashback so this must be a dream but then he does it again later it was everything in everything when that song is playing is all in his mind it's none of it's uh it's like a reconstruction none of it's a flashback just Mm -hmm. as a so he's like i think it's supposed to be him confronting how he sees those characters um, okay and how how he perceives other people as you know not giving him gratification or something i don't know his depiction of every other character is like that of a flawed teenage boy who has serious main character syndrome right mm-hmm. and that's something i kind of appreciated in that too many movies want their main character to be someone who's likable and approachable and you know relatable and hopefully if a teenage boy is watching this series or this movie they're not viewing him uh as like you know someone who is relatable and we've talked about this before where we'll see a movie that's made in a different decade and it's not super clear that the director thinks that what the main character is doing is bad uh in this movie i i think it's a little bit more clear that the director thinks that this is bad like but I'm not sure how a 14-year-old boy would actually take it. And so that's maybe one critique is like if if you make the content itself amoral, but the message is obfuscated, your conscience might be clear because you say, oh, yeah, the character was amoral. I didn't mean I didn't mean any of those things. But some people who watch the movie might. And yeah. I'm not a 14-year-old boy, thankfully. And so I can say, yeah, I really like this movie. Like, <laughs> and not 
and and the implication is not I identify with the main character. But if I was a 14-year-old boy and I was like, oh yeah, I really like this movie, the implication might actually be that I see myself in him. That's a good point, Ryan. Like I did have the similar notes in here, like where it will certain people might internalize the wrong things in this movie. Like that's a really see, great but, way of what saying what I just said in like five words. No, <laughs> no, but I mean, you 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 elaborated on it because like. You see this with fans of like Fight Club or American Psycho, where people, the wrong type of mindset is latching on to those movies. Uh, you know, and even in this movie, there's a scene where uh, Shinji is coming out with the, with the Eva, Eva 1 module or whatever you call it. Um, and he's looking pretty badass. And they're like, oh my God, it's the devil incarnate. And he, he's like mentally wrecked. Um, and it's zooming in on like a, this insecure boy's face as this badass devil incarnate about to unleash his wrath. Like, I just, I feel like some kids might get the wrong idea from this. Um, and obviously like anime is filled with insecure men who <laughs> love this type of shit. Uh, I had those thoughts too going in this movie. And I don't even know if what, what the creator's intentions were, honestly, like, this was the 90s. This was like peak Gen X rage, like, you know, so uh, who knows? It was weird. My main note with that whole sequence, just all of that together, I was like, boy, I hope somebody understands what the fuck is happening here because uh, <laughs> it's a lot. Uh, guys, I think we should probably get into our meters. We've, I think that's a good idea. Deep. We're in deep with this. This, can this is, bef- Before we yeah, yeah. move on from that, can Please. I note that the, the two surrounding dialogues of of Shinji in that in the first and the ending sequence are I'm so fucked up I think and yeah. the ending one is disgusting and you know it, yeah. it really I mean it it does really right there say to you your character is bad obviously not everybody's going to take it that way but you know I don't think um I totally I don't think the yeah. director or the writer is like he should be doing this. No, I, yeah, yeah, I, no, that's I absolutely agree and that's why I kind of feel comfortable even, even though the content it. is then there I feel comfortable being like yeah this is a good this was awesome yeah so what was what was the deal with that because oscar is alive right and she's she's basically i think the general thought is that her character is strong-willed enough that that her character would have chosen not to stay within the human instrumentality project Mm -hmm. within the third impact or whatever the fuck they call it okay okay (laughs) i don't know jesus christ Uh, i'm sorry now i feel like we've been talking a lot of stuff and I'm like, well, actually. Yeah, you've been well actually us quite a bit. There's, I think there's people foaming at the fucking mouth right now. People who are at, who are actually deep in the lore of this of this IP. They're probably well actually me too. <laughs> they're well, they're like screaming at their radio box right now uh, about this. You guys think uh, this movie would be better with Transformers in it, like uh, like Beast Machines and stuff? Like, yeah, I think Michael Bay would have been an overall you know improvement. They, they would have sold more tickets. Let's be real clear. <laughs> yeah, I from, think from would. a suit standpoint, this Michael Bay <laughs> would have been the superior choice to, to direct this. Like, show him maybe pull maybe pull a uh, Alex Garland and like show him the uh, original series once, and then yeah, just let yeah. Michael Bay have complete creative control. Yeah. Wait, show him Neon Genesis once. Yeah. Not Transformers, right? <laughs> and but then put Transformers and in. Then ba- and then be like, Michael Bay, go creative control. He's like, okay, step one, Transformers. Transformers is in this. Fast and Furious is in this too. And also and Bad they, Boys. And Bad Boys is in this too. And they're all gonna fight uh the goo monster. Okay. Let's get into uh what do we call it? Ryan, it's apocalyptic. Apocalometer. Apocalometer. Depends on who you ask. Our guests think otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Freaking. Our guests 
said disastometer, and then Ryan, you called it the disastometer afterwards after going on a rant about calling uh, the apocalometer. This is how easily susceptible I am to uh, yeah. ideas. You meet someone the at the, the public market out here, and they start talking about the conspiracy theories. I'm the I'm the person that stops. <laughs> uh, do you want to tell us, tell our audience, what is what is this dang thing? Yeah. So I mean, Jay, sorry, I said it a little bit like an hour ago, but um, we are we're gonna rate movies how well they fit with what we think a disaster movie should be an end of the world movie so you know that that totally means that we don't have to only watch by the numbers disaster movies we can watch ones that are edge cases and last week we had annihilation and that was really cool but it wasn't really an end of the world movie like when you what you think of and that's one thing i don't like is like when people say that's not a this like one time in the sci-fi i had this class talking about Mm -hmm. science fiction and and I got college credit for it, and uh, Sick. it was literally about science fiction. And I brought up Dune, and this one guy in the class was like, "Stop bringing up Dune. That's not science fiction." What? No, that's science fiction, dog. And Did I'm you like, read a different Dune? And, and, and <laughs> simultaneously, I'm like, even if you don't think it's science fiction, don't say don't bring it up. Explain why the science fiction elements in it are not like relatable to the whole genre. Like that's a discussion in of itself. Like, oh, so that's what we're doing. We're not watching 10, 10 out of 10 disaster movies. We're watching a whole gamut. So with that being said, very longly and ranty, I have no clue. I got to say, this was the most apocalypse of apocalypses because it, it checks up there. It checks every box. <laughs> It checks, like, from an apocalypse standpoint, it checks already happened. Because a zombie apocalypse, you could have some a movie that occurs entirely in post-apocalyptic. You know, you could have, like, 12 Monkeys, which occurred post-pandemic. So, this movie, the apocalypse had, Jace mentioned, I did not catch this, that, like, half the Earth was destroyed before this movie started. So, check. That's fucking crazy. Then, of course, everybody got turned into blood or slash goo. And then, like, something about stigmata or something. But, yeah, the blood, like, went into a space <laughs> being. And, uh, yeah, so that was, like, pretty hardcore. I don't know. I did, it's, But it doesn't check the stereotypical apocalypse movies. Where, like, Roland Emmerich, Day After Tomorrow, right. giant tidal wave, you know, knocking down the Statue of Liberty, or a rogue satellite. Like, it doesn't have those that stuff. But, man... I kind of wish those movies had this stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, I got to go with a seven because it's still really freaking awesome. And if you want to see a bunch of people die in like three seconds, watch this movie. But at the same time, if you want to see like, <laughs> you know, Alexis jump a 200 foot gap of a glacier that's being yeah! divided by the moon's gravity, like don't watch this movie. That was a literal scene in the movie Moonfall. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sweet. So, what was your what was your score, Ryan? Seven. A seven. Okay, a seven. I think you have some good points there. As far as my apocalyptic goes, I mean, so I gotta say, the world-ending premise is definitely unique. Mm. I don't think we're gonna get another one of these this season. Another one of one of these situations. I also um, watch Shark Boy versus Lava Girl. Yeah, Shark Boy. I haven't seen that movie. It could could have been happening like this. Uh, the humans definitely did turn into gross goo puddles while the naked ghost teen oversaw the mecha crucifixion. <laughs> so that did happen. Um, first time, actually, this season, surprisingly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the first time that's happened. Um, 
I'm sure some birds exploded in there somewhere in the mix too. What was kind of the the sitch with animals? Didn't one of those a single animal. one of those Evas <laughs> kind of like turned into a bird and then exploded. Yeah, so I think that checks off my bird box here. Um, TM. Let's see here. Staying behind to blow up something. I don't know if that really checks the box. Uh, Shinji did kind of stay behind with sacrifice. No, the girl himself. with the elevator. The girl with the oh, she did stay, but she got sh- uh, yeah, but she wasn't triggering anything. You she know, pushed yeah. the elevator button. Somebody did think... try to the lady in the white trench coat tried to blow okay. something up, and then she was like, "What?" And her device got overridden. That's close, but it's not but like it the major yeah. character yeah, being right, like, right, right. "I'll stay with the ship," you know. So it's it's not going to count here, okay? Um, and what I'm also thinking about is like, if you know somebody, you know, to Ryan's point, who's who loves Roland Emmerich movies, okay, a complete nutcase, if they love disaster movies, okay, would you recommend like, hey, you like those movies? You want to see uh, End of Evangelion? Uh, the thrilling conclusion to this '90s anime that you've never seen? Uh, I think you're gonna love this. Um, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> So, uh, for that, I, I think, shit, I'm struggling here because the end of the world did happen, but I don't think this is an end of the world movie. I'm going to give it a five, I guess I'm going to give it a five. All right. It's, it's, it's riding the middle here. It's there's strong forces. You were going to say four, weren't you? I was going to say four, but there's and strong you were, forces. You were surprised pulling. that I gave it a seven. I, I was in either direction. There's, there's just a lot of good points here. I don't know. I, I don't know. This, this is very apocalypse themed. But this this ain't one of those movies. Um, yeah, five. I'm I'm baffled. I think um, I I don't have the the because I sat down to try and compact as much of the lore into my head as I could in the last two hours that I like really have the benefit of being able to just kind of think about the movie as a whole too much anymore. So I think the things I'm gonna subtract points for are that we didn't have any of the big angels that the TV show has. You know, I thought we were going to have more of that kind of existential threat. Uh, But I do think it was interesting that the government uh, wanted to cause this event. They wanted the human instrumentality because they wanted to, you know, reduce the loneliness of humans and bring them all together and collectively kind of cause that. So, like, obviously, the government being involved and being a problem is something we've seen in in all these. So knowing what I know now about the series and about kind of what I guess they were shooting for that wasn't really explained in, in the movie... I still got to give it an eight, I think. Okay. All right, shit. An eight. Um, didn't see that one coming, did you, Denali? I guess. I just, I didn't have a strong dog in this race. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I think it should have been longer and it could have, maybe the, maybe, I'm going to, let me retroactively oh, come, come back on. and give it, I want to, I think I want to give it a seven because I would agree that the volume was like of, of things that make it seem like an apocalometer are tremendously low. It's more, right. more kids screaming yeah then listen if you don't get out there right now everybody's yeah. gonna turn into goop yeah okay so can i go into movie yeah. meter because i have no idea what to say so it's gonna be a rambling incoherent mess oh please okay so now rating it on a scale of how good of a movie is it separate from the other scale also slash how much i liked it i have no clue i i literally don't know what and i don't know this is the first movie i've actually watched and not rated on letterbox because I don't know what to rate it. I don't know what's fair. And I I don't want someone to be like, well, if if you don't think this is a 10 out of 10 movie, then you're a dumbass. Like, who doesn't understand the culture, like J- Japan society in 1997. And like, fair. But also, uh, it doesn't, it's so unique to me. If I had a larger sample size, 
of similar pieces of media <laughs> that I could compare it to, I could maybe start develop a ranking. But I've watched thousands of movies and I haven't watched any of them that are like this. So thinking about like TV shows or like climactic episodes of TV shows, there's only kind of one that comes to mind and it's an episode of Twin Peaks The Return. And if you're a fan of the show and if you've seen it, I think you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But it's uh, they kind of go through the history of the atomic bomb for no reason because the show takes place in, on the Canadian border between Washington and <laughs> British Columbia. So uh, it's kind of so foreign to me that I can't be like, well, the pacing was slow, so I'm going to dock a point. Oh, the framing was or the editing was pretty bad. I'm going to dock a point. I have no clue. I, I Initially, it's going to be high. I want to say 8 or 10. But like, I didn't take any notes during this movie. I just watched the thing. I was just like, my eyeballs were glued to the screen. And I liked the intermission. Um, it wasn't an intermission. It was the end of an episode. But I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah. It gave me a good time to go get some water. So that's a bonus point. Let's do that. Let's give that one a plus. Um, yeah, I, don't, I have no clue. It, I've, I really don't know. I guess I'm going to go with an 8. Because I think... If I'm thinking about it, like, they could have reached a much bigger audience by compromising a little bit and by giving in to the the kind of the what their creative image was versus, like, what would be successful to an outside audience. And it could be a lot more approachable if they took a few more minutes at the beginning to kind of give a background and it took maybe a few more seconds here and there to give some expository dialogue. And I can't believe I'm saying that because usually I'm the voice that's like against those things. And I'm saying like, no, creative direction. Like, I'm so thankful for this that it like they went so hard and had the audacity to make something like this. But at the same time, I have to be realistic that I didn't understand everything that was happening, sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse. And I'm going to be more open towards movies after watching this. But I can't say that it was like enlightening from like a 10 out of 10. It's going to be my favorite movie of all time standpoint. So I think an eight is more than fair with the caveat that we're three idiots who watch this out of context. And this is probably the first time that's ever happened. Three guys watch this without having seen the series and then make a podcast episode about it. Like, so I'm going to go with an eight. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, this episode is a uh, is a postmodernist performance art piece of just three people who don't understand anime <laughs> like this. Yeah, no, I mean th- that's fair, Ryan, and I do think it's interesting analyzing this from the point of like this was a redo, like a mulligan for like an episode that failed or like an ending that failed. Um, I kind of respect that to just take an episode, like take an ending that people didn't like and they were just like, you know what, here's a better one. Um, just here you go. And then it's it's universally or at least within the fan base seems like it's acclaimed. Um, yeah, like Ryan, since I haven't seen the series, there's no way I can review this as a conclusion to a beloved show. I have to review it as a piece of art that stands on its own. There's no other fucking way I can approach this. Uh but as far as like this movie goes, I've kind of hinted at it already. The imagery was very cool. Um, the aesthetic kind of surface level was really jiving with me. But the narrative for me was kind of agonizing. I found myself yawning throughout the movie. And this could have easily been a result of me just not understanding the impact of it. This does not really make me want to go back and watch this series. And I think I'm kind of remembering why I didn't continue after the first episode. Uh, there was a lot of talk about the metaphysical and happiness as a construct in a way that 
didn't really feel earned at the end. They might have been, again, building to these convos, but it was presented here just i thought it was kind of clumsy it was kind of ham-fisted for me it didn't quite work i think maybe in 1997 this was pretty cutting edge like i think people were watching this and were like oh yes this is very like intellectual and pretty fucking crazy uh but i think for me as some this maybe be like a beatles or a seinfeld effect i've seen so many things that are influenced by this by this genre and by this series that going back and seeing it i'm not super impressed by those elements anymore you know considering all of this, considering the problematic stuff we talked about earlier that took me out of the movie, that perpetuated the whole movie, um, talking about kind of the ind- independent plot points that happened here that didn't really work, uh, the voice acting, like, man, I, I really want to get behind, like, anime voice acting where it's, like, very big and it's very expressive, but in this particular movie, it just, I, I was, I just, it did not work for me. Um, I didn't really connect with any of the characters in, in the way that i wanted to uh, so considering all this I, i'm gonna have to give this movie a two okay that was what? where my enjoyment was at okay like that's i know and it could be higher if i had the context or if i had watched the rest of the series but i was honestly running out the clock on this thing <laughs> um, beyond the superficial aesthetic nothing about this movie was really working for me i'll give it credit for the artistic risks it took but if, if those risks don't pay off for me as a viewer, like there's only so much I could really give. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I didn't enjoy watching the end of Evangelion, but I don't know if that's even fair for me to say, because I'm not <laughs> the audience that's supposed to watch it. Yeah, I'm I'm going to it's like, again, it's really obtuse um, coming out the gate with my number. It's I, I'd agree with Ryan. It's like an eight. I think where it was where this movie was really missing is that it's like really verbose with really lore heavy and like scientific dialogue and like in english they can say like eight sentences and you'd be like what the fuck did i just hear and then you would rewind it i rewinded it and then i was like i think we're having a problem with subtitles like covering too much of the screen so i had them off and then i put them on but the subtitles were from the japanese version yeah. <laughs> so the, I know like, so that immediately so and I turned them off. I had to I watched dubbed. because uh, I, I listened to you, Denali, and I agreed at the beginning. It was like reading the subtitles in the dub mm-hmm. was uh, excuse me, in the sub was was tough. But then like I had so much I think if I if I was gonna rate this movie in the English version, it would be like a five. But I went back and I like kind of accepted the fact that I was gonna have to read the subtitles and course corrected and listened to how the movie was originally mixed in the Japanese, and I think it was a lot better. Uh, I think it was absolutely crazy. It was a, a pretty cool mix of visuals. Uh, when they when they have that scene where they're playing Come Sweet Death, and it's like the real world, um, there were pictures of paper in the background, and those were death threats that the author received from making the first... The oh, epi- my God. Making the season end the, the way it did originally, and it was kind of like a... It was kind of like, oh, here you go. But I mean, fuck you. What are you doing? Um, <laughs> so like people had a really visceral reaction to this. It made $18 million in the box office when it was released. Um, so that's, is that a lot for a made for TV move? Like that's probably. I think that's, yeah. That many people are showing up. Like that's pretty good. So but above all else. Yeah. It was kind of like crazy. I don't really know that, um, you know, that the director of this, the creator of this is noted as, as having depression, as creating like characters and like as pieces of how he sees himself uh trying to tackle this loneliness aspect and you know we didn't really get the full picture but like ryan i was like 
Besides some of the weird stuff in the verbose dialogue, I was like glued to the screen. I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? And he's in the playground and it's completely symmetrical and it looks like boobs in the background. And you're like, why is there, why are there boobs everywhere in this movie? <laughs> oh, no. um, it's like, I don't know. I, I would, I would actually rate it NAM, not a movie, mm. I think. And then I would give it an eight. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good little caveat too, because I feel like there's gonna be people in here who are like, aren't that isn't that just like two episodes? Like, yeah. Also, my recommendation oh. is to not watch it. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's a different conversation too. It's like, yeah. <laughs> if you haven't been following along what we're saying and been like, yeah, 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 I don't have any reservations about that. Don't probably don't watch it. Like Julie didn't. This is one of the maybe two or three movies in our seventy-eight movies now that we've watched that Holy she like hasn't shit. finished. Bless Julie. The what a warrior! Just enduring all of those fucking terrible movies. Like for no, like not even making content. She's just watching them with you. She just <laughs> likes me. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. she just wow. I wouldn't do that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like this. This is an interesting conversation. I feel like. If you're interested, maybe just see the show and and then go in. Do not do what we did. Like this was not a standalone movie in any in any sense of the word. Maybe there might be some made for TV movies that are self contained, like uh, Drake and Josh's really big shrimp. Um, that was like a self contained art <laughs> where, where Drake had like a, a big hit song, and that was you knew what was happening. Oh, I think Tony um, Banks movie. I, I think yeah. one of those two people's canceled. So oh yeah, <laughs> let's go with the Agent oh, Cody Banks shit. joke. Yeah. Oh my God, I forgot about the yeah. Oh God, yikes. Uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> Rugrats in Paris. How about that? That's pretty. Rugrats safe. in Paris. Actually, yeah, the Rugrats movies. Those with, are pretty self-contained. With the orange VCR. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, those are, those, yeah, those, yeah. Those are tight movies. So yeah, that was that was a review of the end of Evangelion, um, the thrilling conclusion of Neon Genesis. I can't wait to watch the series someday, maybe years from now. I kind of want to go rewatch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe a future season. Maybe just with yeah, maybe with the that sound I will off eject and, out of and only watch the robot fights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> there, what if there's a robot fight only like cut? Yeah. Ro- oh, like a like a GBGB cut where they yeah. keep the robot fights only. <laughs> So yeah, if you guys have any thoughts about about how we reviewed this, uh, keep them to yourself. Um, we don't want to fucking hear them. So yeah, please don't leave us a one star <laughs> review based only on this episode because oh, the fuck. other like seventy something episodes that we have, like we don't don't worry, we we do our yeah. we do our uh, background, we do our homework. Listen to our other episodes where we discuss other beloved IP, like um, not the Fifth Element because we did kind of dunk on that one a little yeah. bit, and that one's beloved as well. Clifford, uh, Clifford, if you love Clifford, check out our Clifford episode. I'm sure there's a huge overlap of fans. Airbud, uh, we're a great podcast. So thank you so much for joining us. Let us know your let us know your thoughts about the anime as in general, though. Like, uh, you know, what do you think about the series? What do you think about the movie when you saw it? Because um, I'm curious to hear about it, too. I'm so glad you guys are here to talk me down from this movie uh, because, like, this movie was insane. So uh, if you guys are feeling the same way, you can listen to this episode and let us know how you feel. Um, I always like uh, receiving your guys' like, DMs and stuff. But for now, I believe it's, uh, it's me at the old uh, Captain Steering Wheel oh, no. for next week, right? So we're, we're approaching, what, episode 9 of our series and mm-hmm. what i've been enjoying you know at first i was kind of like you, you can tell from my previous picks i was like okay stick with the disaster movies because that's what apocalypse movies are but there's been some wiggle room happening mm-hmm. right 
We're doing everything everywhere all at once. We did this movie. We're doing some things that are interesting. And I'm my, 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 my shit movies. <laughs> Jace is derailing this podcast, um, but it's opening my mind. I'm glad we made those diversions because it's an interest. It's it's a way to explore this interesting concept. Um, so my next question is, uh, you guys fuck with Star Trek? Uh-oh. Yeah. Um, I do I'm fucks gonna, with Star Trek. I, I'm going to open up. Just, I'm going to share my oh, screen. Oh, no. We're going to be, we're gonna be, uh, we're gonna be the victims of another fan base. Let, let me just, let me just uh, share yeah, this, this, let this me screen let me click on. real quick. Uh, Star Trek First Contact. Great movie that I grew up with. I haven't seen it in like 10 years. So that might be a fun opportunity to revisit that. But this other one, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. I haven't seen this one. But it's about uh, Kirk going back in time to get some whales to save the yes, Earth. Yes, I was about to say, is that the whales one? Silly. Yes, I want to see that. So I haven't seen that one. I was between these two. Have you guys seen either of these? No, I know about the, the out-of-fucking-nowhere whales thing. Yeah, because okay, why, have, why are there so many whales in the movies that we've yeah, been watching well, recently? Because that was, what movie was that, The Core? Yeah. That's how we started the series. The, the whales season. are the key. And they mm. could be the key for our next episode, but I couldn't pick between the, these two, and I, th- I thought the fates should decide for us here. For which classic Star Trek movie we should watch? Um, I'm going to spin this thing. I set it to a three-minute spin. Mm. Mm. Okay, we got okay. Star Trek First Contact up in here. We're not going to watch the Silly Whales one. I know I said this movie was good. Uh, but don't hold me to that because I haven't seen it in 10 years. So <laughs> I liked it at a certain yeah, but point. 10 years ago, you were a, like a, an adult. You were legally this an is, adult. This is, yeah, sorry. I was an idiot though. So <laughs> The original Star Trek movie or the remake? Because it has so, first in the title. No, no, no. So this is, okay. So you know, like there's the original Star Trek cast, right? From mm-hmm. the 60s. Then there was the next generation in the 80s mm-hmm. with, with Picard. Yeah. So this is one of the Picard movies. Oh, uh, fuck yeah. There's with that, Star Trek with that First Frontier. Only 30 people have seen it, and it has seven reviews. What in the world? Uh, well, this movie should be on HBO. And this one, they go back in time. Oh, they I find see. the first warp drive. It's a fun romp. And uh, it's about the Borg, who are my favorite Star Trek species. And, see, I don't, uh, know you know, any, I don't know any of this stuff, so I, it's going to be fun. You will be me next week finale with star trek lore <laughs> yeah it'll be a tight opportunity to dive into this stuff and then uh hope you guys will join us and uh you know trekkies we're coming for you oh and do you guys want to do your your gbgbs things you've been enjoying do you guys have like a thing that yeah that you've been digging this week once again feel- I, I thought of something and this week and i forgot <laughs> pathfinder second edition yeah just how yeah. so how do you like pathfinder love it it's awesome because you, it's i've heard rules. that you play it but like <laughs> not going I, back to D ever and okay. with the whole OGL right. thing, all their rules yeah. are free online. The book's cool. Okay. It's really easy to transition. Got a rule for just about I, everything. I might play us. I might do run a session for some new players. Jace has been our uh, our Pathfinder DM for about two or three years now, and uh, that shit slaps. All the weird stuff going on with with D and D right now. It might be a good time to make the switch. It's like imagine D and D with like better combat and more customization, and it's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. As far as my wrecks this week, I mean, I've been enjoying The Last of Us, the show on HBO. It's fucking scary. I love those video games, and uh, hard recommend for that one. Uh, you guys saw my Lil Yachty tab in <laughs> when I was sharing the screen. Yeah, Lil Yachty put out an album uh, on Friday. Uh, it is weirdly good. It's called Let's Start Here. It's like a psych rock album. Artists that I really like collabed on this, like Mac DeMarco and Alex G and Chairlift. Um, but it's just, it's a really cool left turn for him. Um, I would also recommend that. It's super fun. I, I've got 
a little bit of um similar to neon genesis uh this movie i mean where you don't have to watch the rest of the series but it the piece of media assumes that you have friday the 13th part six i really guys i am not joking okay i unironically enjoy that movie I think it's... Which, yeah. What do you mean, which? Which one was the sixth one? So is this with Jason? Jason's in, yeah. What are you talking about? Because there not there like a whole thing where it's like sometimes his mom and sometimes he's an alien or oh, something? Yeah. This is Jason. Uh, okay. But yeah, so yes, once again, I think it's a, it's a good way. The Jason movies are a good way of showing you that you don't have to have the full story to understand like character and motivation mm-hmm. and have like a setup and... A climax is still going to follow the same sort of story arc, you know? But yeah, it's wild. It's fun. And it's the only entry in the series where, like, you're rooting for Jason. And the uh, people who make it know that. Because about number four, you start rooting for Jason. Because number three was so bad. That about number four, you start rooting for him. But the people who make the movies still think you're rooting for the dumb teenagers. Number six is a comedy. Okay. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. Jason six. Maybe a future episode stay tuned all right guys well that's our show do you guys i i kind of liked our our like popcorn uh advice oh gosh for the end of the world last time do you guys want to do one of those or do you guys have just a a piece to to give to our audience i like popcorn advice all right ryan start us off with a piece of just um just like the singularity in this movie we will be giving a great piece of advice to save humanity congrats on your sherlock dvd recital <laughs> it's a statement. <laughs> so is, okay. is, is the is the image in your guys' brain also someone acting out all the Sherlock uh, <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. movies? <laughs>